to go blue crew. It's a sad day, Derek, for Michigan fans, as John Beeline is exiting for the Cleveland Cavaliers. News took us all by surprise. Just before we do anything else, can you read his resume so we can just take another look or listen in this case at everything John Beeline did for Michigan? Yeah, for sure. I'll pull this right from uh, the Michigan men's basketball Twitter. I mean, it was all over social media. And and what it doesn't account for is a bunch of other things. But just in terms of, you know, best numbers, you got 278 wins, uh, most in Michigan history, nine in Sibylla tournament appearances, that's nine in 12 years, two Final Four appearances, which obviously includes two championship games, uh, both runner-up, unfortunately. Uh, two Big Ten regular season championships, two Big Ten tournament titles, back-to-back, fun fact, 18 All-Big Ten selections, and nine NBA draft picks and other guys who who weren't drafted who obviously spent some time in the NBA or, or are in the NBA right now. So, I mean, that is a very impressive resume and is undoubtedly probably the best era of Michigan basketball. I mean, there might be some older folks that might want to disagree, but in terms of one coach uh, doing a bunch of things in a 12-year period, I mean, that's about as good as it gets uh, at Michigan and really as good as it gets a lot of places. Uh, You just wish that he would have brought home a title. I know that that was his ultimate goal, and obviously as fans and and players, um, the ultimate goal for all of us uh, involved and and that take a liking to the Michigan basketball program, but it's, it's sad, man. It's heartbreaking. Honestly, uh, it was a tough, tough day to, to hear that. And a day later, two days later, week later, I don't think it's going to get any easier. No, that I want to get later to, um, the, the stress-free basketball program, John Beeline ran and, and the way that impacted not just fans, but the athletic department at a major university, but how did you find out that he was leaving? I was actually, uh, I was at work, uh, and as a, someone who does social media all day, every day, uh, I mean, it was something that popped right up. Uh, I think I saw it actually trending first. Um, I think I maybe saw it maybe 15, 20 minutes after the Woj bomb. Um, and of course, a Woj bomb is usually pretty official, uh, and it wasn't long after that that it was confirmed by many of the beat writers who uh, have ends with the program. So, yeah, I found out really around the same time that everybody else did, and, I mean, it's still processing it. And, and to do with kind of the sadness and the you know, getting over it, I think it's going to take a while, and even processing it uh, takes a while. I texted a friend today that I didn't talk to yesterday and just said, hey, have you been able to process this yet and he said you know what not really and it's you know it's like a it's like a weird breakup man it's 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 odd even from a fan standpoint just as a fan it's just i don't know kind of a a down a debbie downer situation and not like it's going to lead to some kind of depression or or something (laughs) obviously you used to joke about me ending the show in a depressing matter every once in a while this show is just legitimately depressing in, in all facets yes absolutely i was um at work too, the ESPN notification came on my phone and you're talking about like the crappiest way to start your week on a Monday morning. It doesn't get much worse than that. And sort of, you know, maybe it was kind of a blessing maybe that I was at work. Maybe you felt the same way 
there was all this other stuff to kind of distract you from the sadness. But every time you got on Twitter, every time uh, you like pulled down, uh, I believe you have an iPhone, don't you? I do. Yeah. So, you, you know, you pulled down and like look at your notifications and that thing's still there. I mean, just really, like you said, it's um, it was just a downer all day. It's going to be so all week and all off season. Then those feelings I'm sure will resurface the closer we get to the basketball season and see whoever takes over, you know, try to try to steer this program where it's been going for the last uh, decade plus, which is in a really good place, a really positive place. And so there have been some names floated around Billy Donovan, Brad Stevens, both NBA guys uh, at the college level, Mike White at Florida, Chris Beard at, Texas Tech, uh, Porter Moser at Loyola Chicago. I mean, there's just so many names. Uh, even Laval Jordan at Butler. I thought that was an interesting name to see pop up. He was, of course, under John Beeline until he left for Butler a couple of years ago. But is there is there a guy that you think can like make this transition the smoothest, or is it just you go get the best? candidate get the best guy and and see what happens you know it's really difficult because i feel like if you look internally yak and washington i mean go back to uh i mean guys who have coached under beeline before like you just mentioned i mean that seems like the you know stay within the family someone who understood beeline system guys who have tried to go on go on and implement some of beeline system I mean, at the end of the day, there's really not a way to replace John Beeline. He is he is literally irreplaceable. Uh, just the way he, he coached, the way he taught, uh, the way the players responded to him, how clean he was, which I know you want to talk about. So it's going to be hard to replace him. For me, I think you have to go and get some sort of big uh, – a big hire would help, I think, naturally right away with recruiting. I think of some of the guys that may be on the fence now, uh, whether they're 2019 guys, 2020 guys, or even beyond guys that are interested in playing for John Beeline, um, who have Michigan maybe in their top five, top 10. I think landing a big notable name helps. Uh, landing a guy who spent time in the NBA helps significantly, just whether or not like a Donovan or a Stevens want to go back to the recruiting trail. Uh, I think when I look at those guys specifically, I look at the same reason why maybe John Beeline wants to go to the NBA. You basically have your summers off. I mean, it's it's pure basketball. There's not recruiting. I saw someone else say there's not alumni events. There's not school events. It's much simpler, and you're getting paid just as much, if not more, in, in many cases. And so I would love to see a big name, uh, either from a, a proven guy in the NCAA, like a Jay Wright or a Tony Bennett, um, Mark Few, uh, Billy Donovan, obviously, and Brad Stevens at the NBA level. Um, there's names like Juwan Howard, guy who doesn't have the the coaching experience, but would be a big Michigan name. I honestly don't have a favorite in the race right now. And and if I were a betting man, I also want to place a bet right now. I think there's too many unknowns. I think that all of these rumors maybe make candidates seem like the favorite or, or seem like the most likely. But I honestly have no clue. Most of us, if not all of us, uh, at least fan perspective, have absolutely no clue. And so I don't have a favorite necessarily in terms of an individual, but I would prefer a big name hire because I think it would help 
ultimately with recruiting and really just making um, the school current players and and fan base collectively, you know, feel a little bit better heading into uh, which will probably ultimately be a rebuilding season no matter who steps in. Yeah. One name I haven't seen that kind of surprised me was Bakari Alexander, head coach at Detroit Mercy, who um, was one of those like original, really successful beeline guys to, to go off. So, you know, I don't, I mean, his name, of course, could could pop in there. We've probably got a while, but I was kind of surprised to not see his name just thrown into the mix, especially given, you know, part of part of this game this early is just finding guys who are still doing it and have have ties to the program. That's that seems like half of what's going on here. I don't have a favorite either. I don't. Um, I understand what people are saying. Like, go out and get a a big name guy, but honestly, I, you know, I, I think I would, I would um, prefer somebody who understands John Beeline's ways, understands like what Michigan was with John Beeline. And so, you know, let's say you go out and like pursue Jay Wright. Jay Wright's got a respect for Michigan. Certainly. I mean, Michigan smacked his team around early last season, but it, would it be the same as like a, a lesser figure, like, Laval Jordan, you know, coming back from Butler. It, so there's a, there's just a lot to process there. And I, so I, I'm not, I'm not picking sides definitely at this point. And, you know, I may never pick a side really. It just may be like Michigan announces the next head coach and I'm like, cool, we're all in. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. Where I, what I see with uh, maybe the, the luster hires as some people refer to them, maybe the internal guys or a, for me, it's just if you look three, four years from now and there's not been the success that John Beeline has, and you can say that about anyone taking the job. If you don't have the success that John Beeline had, you can say that anyone's a disappointment, big name or small name, whoever it may be. But I think that people are more likely to look back and say, wow, they should have hired a big name. And one of the reasons that I think a big name or at least an up-and-coming name would be great is I would like to see somebody – Younger than John Beeline, obviously, but that can come in and maybe solidify themselves for for 12 years like John Beeline did. Because ultimately, there are going to be a lot of awesome coaching opportunities coming up around college basketball. You look at Coach K, you look at spots like North Carolina, Michigan State even. I mean, I can see so many opportunities kind of coming about in the next you know, five, 10 years, especially. And, and then obviously coaching cycles change all the time as guys uh, retire. Uh, some guys coach a lot longer than others, but with Duke and, and North Carolina and Michigan state, I think coach Cal is going to be at Kentucky for a while longer. got that lifetime deal. But I mean, if you were ever to, to, to move or decide to retire, I mean, there's a lot of great opportunities that are probably better than Michigan's job. Um, and so for me, I want to see a guy who can come in and really establish themselves. Um, again, preferably a bigger name, but ultimately it doesn't matter because if you're not successful, the you're going to look back almost like at a, hopefully not like a Rich Rod or a Brady Hoke era for Michigan football bad, uh, but you're going to look back and say, you know what? Uh, it was impossible to replace John Beeline, um, and it, it was proven on the court three, four years later when Michigan's still kind of a mediocre Big Ten team. I think they can be better than that with any coach, uh, but there's always a chance that you're going to you know, kind of backslide, and I think that's very likely um, no matter what. 
um, just at least for the first year, if not not the first couple of years. But if you do bring in a guy, you can't expect him to be John Beeline, even a guy who's coached under John Beeline. And you've just got to hope that whatever you know traditions, culture that they want to implement um, works for the, the Michigan athletic program. Because, yeah, if a Jay Wright comes over, he's got a different style. He obviously is going to respect someone like a John Beeline and all that John Beeline's accomplished. But you've got to hope that Jay Wright's style works for Michigan, and it may not um, like it does for Villanova. And what's your dog's name, Derek? Dog's name is Lenny. He is very Lenny. upset about this John Beeline stuff, so he'll probably chime in, chime in every once in a while. I can tell Lenny's not feeling it. Uh, what you mentioned about Michigan, like maybe regretting not getting the big name guy, yeah. and then talking about Rich Rod and, and Brady Hoke. That's exactly where my mind went when you mentioned that. How um, Michigan went and got Brady Hoke after the Rich Rodriguez debacle and. I can I can just totally see that's fresh in people's minds, and you know it won't be the exact same situation, but um, that that regret I think would definitely pop up a little sooner and a little more dramatically, just because it's still fresh in the in our collective you know conscious as a as a fan base the fact that you know Michigan football didn't go out and get the the big name and said they got Brady Hoke and you know, who knows what the basketball program will, will end up looking like after, uh, um, you know, a couple of years of either a, a big name guy or not a big name guy, whoever it is though, you know, they have a really big responsibility to carry on a legacy of like a clean program. Clean as in publicly, we don't know anything about Michigan basketball. That's damning. And there's this whole FBI probe into the college game where coaches are being shown to have done some, some, um, you know, whether you want to call it like unethical, I guess depends on, you know, if you're, if you're diehard, pay the players, don't care how it's done, but you know, we can call it like illegal because it's bribery. Um, you know, so John Beeline, as far as we know, his program didn't participate in these things and it's just been a clean program. And the things I'm reading, from like Sports Illustrated, I saw a story where, you know, it's it's like, yeah, this sucks for Michigan, but this sucks also for college basketball, for a sport that's really struggling right now to lose a guy like John Beeline. What does it say about the state of college basketball, about NCAA's um, command over college basketball? So, I mean, this is creating like a little bit of a of an awakening for just the game in general. Like, what does it say about us that you know, as a sport, we couldn't keep John Beeline around. So I thought that was very telling. Yeah, I mean, it, we talk about it being a huge loss for for Michigan as, as fans and uh, people who follow the program closely, but it is absolutely a giant loss for the NCAA as well. And the Big I mean, Ten. Yeah, and the Big Ten especially. I mean, one of the most well-respected coaches that I think have, have maybe even ever coached in college basketball, just the way that multiple coaches talk about John Beeline. And we'll continue to talk about John Beeline. It doesn't end because he left um, college and pursued uh, probably a long-time dream. And, I, I mean, it is a long-time dream of his to, to coach in the NBA. And I feel like, I mean, that's awesome for him and a great opportunity uh, to cross one last thing off his list. Who knows what kind of success he'll have. I mean, a, a big draft pick obviously helps um, and, and, and bringing in the right guys. But 
it's it's awesome for him, but it's a terrible loss for for college basketball because like he's irreplaceable for Michigan. He's almost irreplaceable in, in terms of college coaches. You don't see and haven't seen many guys like John Beeline, uh, and for him to to leave um, the NCAA is. I feel like there's people mourning it that that are not Michigan fans that I've seen, and I've seen that same article, the SI article that you're talking about. It's just, it's crazy to to think about. It's like I said earlier, it's hard to process, and it's actually unbelievable still that we're even talking about this because I I was so far out of left field that I, I never expected it to to happen. Uh, and even with the Detroit talk last year, it's like I had almost forgotten that he was interviewing for the Pistons job. Um, where a lot of people say, hey, you know what, I, I'm around him enough that I sense that this was important to him. But, man, I, it's almost like I forgot about that and didn't even think it was a possibility once he decided to to sign the extension with Michigan. No, that's exactly what I was thinking, that it, 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 you had the Detroit Pistons buzz last year. And then once that went away and he had a pretty successful season, was not even on my mind that it was a possibility and I think that's where 95% maybe of the shock is is coming from, or the feelings is coming from that initial shock. So I hope in the next, uh, or, you know, in the coming days and weeks, the, uh, the sadness will kind of fade away to this understanding that really this, this is hitting us hard because there just wasn't a whole lot of buzz about it. And, and like you said, it came out of left field and, and hit us all on a Monday morning. You know, and and we're sitting there trying to process the start of a work weekend, like as it happened to turn out one of the saddest weeks of our lives as Michigan fans. You know, yeah, it's it's hard. I think of what I did realize, and I just had a. I mean, Monday was just a bad day in general. So this started off just a bad. You said you you were glad you were at work. I I can't say I was. It just I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to speak for you. It's uh, it's commencement week. Uh, anyone who's familiar with higher education, I mean, commencement week is the most stressful week. I mean, students are doing exams, staff and faculty are all up in sorts as well. So just, just a, uh, a tough week in general. So that wasn't helpful uh, by any means hearing the John Beeline news. One of the things that I wanted to, to say, and I don't know if you had this thought or if any other people have had this thought, my first time seeing it, one, again, it was like almost unbelievable that what I was reading. Um, I was one of the people that did check because, I mean, there's some fake Woj bombs out there um, that seemed to, to get people, especially around uh, the NBA draft time uh, specifically or any kind of big breaking news. But my first, one of my first thoughts, sadly, for as clean as John Beeline is and never having to question if he was going to appear in a list that you know circulated around the Internet was, is there something – is there a bigger reason than just wanting to coach in the NBA or, or not loving where the college basketball is heading, maybe not wanting to be involved in the paying of the player stuff? Was there, is there something um, more to it? And kind of in like a negative aspect, like a program sanction, or maybe he'll get caught up in something someday. Did you happen to have any of those thoughts? I didn't, no. And I feel terrible having that, but that was naturally like it made such little sense to me in my head that I was like, there's got to be a reason why. And that's like a coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So after reading things and really thinking about it and being realistic, I don't honestly still think that's the case. But that was one of my first thoughts. And, And then for me, talking about the Detroit Pistons, like as a Pistons fan, 
it's like, man, why not just take the Detroit job? At least he would have stayed within the state. There's obviously a lot of Pistons fans, uh, maybe some resurrected Pistons fans, just happy to have a, a guy like John Beeline uh, on the squad. But for him to go to the Cavs, like selfishly, I was like, man, I wish he almost would have taken that job uh, a year ago so I could still at least root for him. And I'm not going to not root for him. I'm just not a Cavaliers fan. I don't follow Cavaliers basketball. There's not much of a reason to. I mean, I'll tune in um, to see how he's doing and, and read things about how the players are liking him and stuff. But man, to go to the Cavs, like that just had to add another element of disappointment to my, to my Monday. <laughs> so uh, this is not a eulogy. This is not the last time we'll talk about John Beeline, but I'm, I'm curious, what's your, what are your favorite memories? I would say just his reaction uh, when Trey Burke hit the big shot uh, against Kansas. I mean, he knew that the game was just tied, whereas I think a lot of people, I think a lot of us knew that it was just for the tie and, and to save the season. But just his composure and his, his smirk. And I mean, you could tell that he was, it was just as unbelievable to him, uh, knowing that he had such a great player in Trey Burke and, and really just that tournament run in particular, not that the, a season ago's tournament run wasn't special or moments this season when they were undefeated for so long weren't special. But that's one of the one of my favorite memories is that tournament. And then actually further back than that, I think it was the 2007-2008 season, could be 8-9. Um, I mean, I was in high school, so it's kind of hard to think back. But the year that they beat uh, top five UCLA team, um, lost to Duke, but then had the rematch uh, against Duke at home and beat another top five team. And that was a stage really early in the in the beeline era. Um, it's when you kind of got flashes of what Michigan basketball could turn into. Um, they ultimately ran into Blake Griffin that year in the NCAA tournament. Nobody was going to stop uh, Blake Griffin, at least from Michigan-type team. Obviously, he didn't go on to win the whole thing. But in the second round, he was, he was so dominant that no team was going to stop him in that game. And so that's a, a memory, too, of just, you know, seeing the beginning of what could be and then now being able to reflect back on his entire 12 years. Just really cool to see how far he actually came. Again, just missed on the championship twice, but I couldn't be more thankful for a, a fun 12 years uh, of, of Michigan basketball. And you just got to hope that uh, whoever it is next can, uh, can continue the legacy that and the path that John Beeline's laid and, and put Michigan in such a better place in terms of their basketball program. So my favorite memory is 2017 when Michigan beat Louisville in the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. And I happen to be at these games and Beeline goes into the locker room with the water gun. And that's just like, it, you know, it makes you laugh, makes you smile, makes you uh, appreciate all the, the great things that his players and colleagues had to say about him. But then also, it just I made a habit out of watching his post game interviews, like on the on yeah. the court. You know, they pull him off to the side for a minute and a half, and he was just like he was very open and honest, and didn't he never seemed impatient or like that was below him. And he gave like good answers. He didn't give non answers most of the time. Like he gave a real answer to the question, and I thought that was. Um, I mean, not only just professional of him, but it was it was entertaining, or at least it could be, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So, any any last words you want to say for for Mister Beeline? Just just piggybacking off that, I enjoyed that while I got in the habit of watching his actual post game uh, conferences as well, and you could tell that he 
you really could see the teacher and professor in him at that point when he did those post-game interviews. Because like you said, a lot of guys maybe give honest answers or say stuff, but it's just kind of short. Get to the next question. Let's get out of here. I mean, he would talk in in depth uh, about the positives and negatives of the game. He always had a little bit of humor to him. And so that was something that I really enjoyed too, just his personality. And so uh, John Beeline, you will be missed and uh, I, I will pay attention to what you're doing, uh, but right now I'm saddened and, uh, you know, maybe have a little bit of a cold heart. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue crew. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do it at Ty underscore Fenwick. You can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Thanks for listening. John Beeline, we're going to miss you.